1: Hey, what's up? And welcome to EST, the podcast for the established church leaders by established church leaders. My name is Josh King, and I am joined today with a very special guest. Uh, it's not a host. Uh, it's kind of a person to have a conversation with, Josh Revis. Josh, how are you today? Good, Josh, man. Thanks for having me on yeah so um, this is going to be interesting as we go back and forth with Josh. You
0: know yeah, just dawned on me when I said it yeah <laughs> Thanks Josh. Josh yeah, no regrets. third yeah no third person references. that's right.
1: Josh is the associate pastor at North Jacks Baptist. that's Jack's as in Jacksonville,
0: Florida and uh, he is serving there. how long have you served there at North Jack's? Um, Well, I'm in an interesting position. I've been here for 14 years. My dad is the senior pastor, and uh, at the end of September will be 28 years for him at the church. And then I came on staff um, in sort of an assistant pastor role in a different position uh, right after I graduated from seminary. And so uh, December will be 14 years for me here at the church.
1: As a staff person. Yeah. Right. And what seminary did you go to?
0: I went to Mid-America Baptist there in Memphis.
1: Yeah, it's not far from... Where I am currently sitting, right in the middle of uh, of America. Yeah, and, man. So, mid America <laughs> makes sense. Absolutely. Josh is an excellent pastor, somebody worth following on Twitter in a number of ways. I I enjoy my conversations with Josh. We actually met this last summer at Topgolf in Birmingham, Alabama. And, yes. Uh, yeah, I like Josh. I like following your your normal Josh Twitter. I don't know. Oh, what thanks, we'll man. It. Yeah, just normal. Yeah, Josh. <laughs> I like that. my regular account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because your irregular account is the wrestling pastor, which is: funny Yes.: as
0: well. Yeah. yeah well, I appreciate it. Yeah, there's, uh, there's more people over there, and it just shows there's more people who are frustrated in their church life, apparently. so Absolutely.
1: yeah. And that's really what sort of the topic of today is, is frustration in your church life. You and I got start well, I guess I posted something that was pretty much like everybody stopped griping about being a pastor, and then you messaged me and was like, "I'm just playing." Pretty much is what yeah. you said on <laughs> on, on so I'm just, yeah. which is which is okay. So we wanted to talk a little bit about the idea of, I guess, griping about being a pastor and uh, and what that may portray and when it's appropriate, when it's not, when it's therapeutic.
0: All those. We just want to talk about that a little bit because I think it's yeah. an epidemic. Something oh, like that. absolutely. And I think, well, I think it's always been an epidemic and now mm-hmm. it's just a public epidemic with the rise of social media. I think these were conversations that were happening over the phone between two pastors in the same town. And now people are just typing it for everyone to see. And I think mm-hmm. that's been the biggest change. Right. What are some of those common, I mean, I know some,
1: but what do you think? What are what are your favorite common um, pastor grapes?
0: Oh, well, it's, you know, it, it's people complaining about a change that you make, people complaining. It's usually about what we view as silly complaints in church life, like when people are griping about the temperature in the sanctuary, or you sang a new song we've never heard before, or, you know, who gave permission to move that table out of my Sunday school classroom. Um It's all those, it's it's the petty side, not on the pastor side, but on what we view as the congregational side uh creates a lot of the gripes.
1: Yeah. And we complain about, I think we complain sometimes about workload, the stress of the job. Yes.
0: Oh, yeah. You see a lot of those posts, the big long paragraphs or no one knows the weight or the burden. Well, me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, man, just preach two services back to back. And all the while they've got somebody sitting in their congregation who worked 80 hours that week <laughs> and yeah. then came and, and volunteered, you know, the and then they're ministry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, and there's there's a level to this where I think even what you can see – I was going to pull it up here. What is the current Twitter follower of uh, Wrestling Pastor?
0: Oh, man. Uh, let me pull it up here on my phone and I can tell you. it's uh, We're just shy of about 16,000 followers. Yeah, so it's definitely hitting a niche, right? I mean, this is something yeah. that people feel. Yeah, and, and the whole kind of – You know, the idea and for people who may be listening that go to it and like, what is this about? I just kind of a few years ago started doing these posts on my own account. And because as pastors, you have these frustrations and they're real. And but also as a pastor and as a shepherd, there's a certain way you have to conduct yourself and you can't just. There's things that you want to do that you can't do. And so when people say dumb things, you'd love to pick them up and body slam them or throw them out of a ring or clothesline right. them. And especially when you hear silly stuff over and over like, oh, hey, pastor, it must be nice to just work one day a week. Uh-huh. And so it kind of gave sort of this voice to a lot of frustrations that are swallowed by pastors over and over with the stuff that really is silly. Like we could all agree the stuff that I touch on on that account is silly stuff that that even any normal church person would be like, yeah, that's that's dumb. Nobody should complain about that. Sure. But I realized there were all these people and I get messages all the time um, from guys and folks in church that are like, I thought I was the only one dealing with this. <laughs> I thought I was the only one who felt this way. And so it kind of became this thing where somebody tagged a friend, tagged a friend, and tagged a friend and everybody realized they were all dealing with the same stuff at church right.
1: and there's just something to the so are you a uh, a wrestling uh, sort of fan in general
0: no, so well, that's what's funny is I was like, I grew up a huge wrestling fan. Like the biggest night of the week for me and my brothers, I have two brothers, um, was we would go on Friday night to Blockbuster video and they would have this whole section on the new release wall of wrestling videos. So we would watch it on Saturday morning and then we would go on Friday night. And my dad would take us and my dad would even like take us to wrestling matches in town. So we like all through middle school, high school. And then I just didn't watch it much anymore, but. There's like infinity of these wrestling GIFs online. And so, I was just like, this is funny. I could just use these over and over. And so, people assume that I'm like – out at the show. Now I've gotten more aware of it. I have two young boys. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a, an 11 year old and a seven year old. Mm-hmm. Um, and besides my, my daughter who's 15. And so they're starting to like watch on YouTube some old wrestling clips and they're loving it. So I'm sort of creeping back into that life, but no, it's not like my, my schedule doesn't revolve around it, but I know just enough to be dangerous, really.
1: <laughs> I was actually with a group of guys this last, uh, Saturday night and, uh, all of them were talking about. WrestleMania and those sort of things, and um, just growing up, watching it, being – I've never – I don't believe I've ever seen 10 minutes of wrestling my entire life. never (laughs) seen it. I've watched more wrestling just following Wrestling Pastor than (laughs) Um, any other sort of venue. So, I mean, there is a level of just complaining, and there's an element to wrestling – which, um, for our listeners, this may be spilling the beans for you. It's fake, you know. And so How it's over dare dramatic, you? Yeah, yeah There's yeah. there's this hyper dramatic um, sort of feeling to it, which is kind of speaks to what you're talking about. With that's the way that we want to act in our brains, but we're not, obviously we're not going to drop something.
0: Yeah, our flesh. Yeah, it, I mean, right. it's we we deal with our flesh in the same any other church person does, and just like at their job when. Sally from the cubicle two, you know, spots down comes over and is complaining about the same thing that she's been complaining about for two weeks. They'd love to just, you know, lose their mind, but you can't. Smash and the so, chair against their head. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, just flip their computer and keyboard over. But <laughs> you have to be a decent human. And so it just became this sort of avatar for frustration uh, that people identify with.
1: Which is okay.
0: I mean, that's what we're talking about with the
1: therapeutic level of it and what you're saying where other people are like, man, I never felt, I personally did not know anybody else was going through this. Yes. So, what are your top? What's one of the top ones that you actually do feel you're not just kind of poking fun at?
0: Oh, me personally? Sure. Sure. Holy cow. Um, I, I do. It's always rubbed me wrong. Um, the, the you only work one day a week jab. Um, that one's always gotten to me, I think. And I, and I do think and that's where a lot of the sometimes I think pastors try to overcompensate for that by spilling out the, you know, you're not at people's houses at midnight when someone's passed away and you're not in the room when we're counseling. Uh-huh. And and so they sort of start leveraging people's suffering as their own, you know, like <laughs> this badge of honor that they wear. Uh-huh. Um, but the reality is we all know the the people who are in ministry know that there is the job aspect of it. It is certainly a calling and there is. Um, you know, what we get to do on Sundays is unbelievable. I heard B.B. B. King, the musician, the guitar player, one time he was being uh-huh. interviewed and he said uh, they were going, man, it, it must be so great to make all of this money and to make your living playing the guitar and doing what you love. And he said, oh, well, I don't they don't pay me to play the guitar. He said they they pay me to travel. And it was this idea that, like, if I this wasn't my job, I'd still play the guitar. But these sure. people are getting me, you know. It's I'm um, so that's why I tell people I go listen. They don't pay me to preach. I would preach even if I wasn't a pastor. Uh, God's called me to preach. If I was a, a layman working a job, I would find opportunities to preach. The the job part is the Monday through Friday and Saturday and all of the surrounding stuff that nobody ever sees. Yeah. But I think that's the one that digs me the most.
1: Yeah, I can I can relate to that for sure. I think the one uh, so some of the frustrations are these just like. Little requests that just never, ever seem to go away. There's just, you, you're you still dealing with it. Somebody's still going to complain about um, some small change. And they usually have some shift in culture. So, like, the music has shifted. And it shifted yeah. 30 years ago. And it's still, you know, every now and then you'll be like, somebody will say, you know, uh, when are we going to do a traditional song or something like that? And I'll say, uh, well, we did like two Sundays. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you just you just don't recognize them anymore. But I mean, yeah, and even, or you you were camping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and even sometimes it's like, yeah, we did it exactly the way it's written. It there was no modification to it at all. And really, yeah. that was a hymn. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's just we do this all the time. And people who request things or complain about things, it's like, I heard somebody Sunday. Somebody was telling me about somebody else who told them. Um, well, we go to the 11 o'clock, they never tell us anything in the 11 o'clock. And I was like, yeah, we, we purpose." I told the person, I said, you know those announcement videos and the bulletins and the sermon, we do a whole other one for the 11 o'clock just to screw with them. Like during yeah. the early two, we do that. That's a normal <laughs> one, but in the eleven we do on purpose. We don't tell yeah. them any of that stuff we're telling
0: Yeah, you. we actually know that's the one you go to. And so yeah. we don't tell you. <laughs> we and are I, just I, messing with you. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. And I call them, and I think it, it just clicked in my brain. I call them the hey butts. It's all the little, it's like, hey, pastor, I know the service is about to start, but can you make this announcement that only right. pertains to three people? And it's like, <laughs> n- n- no, I can't. Um right. it, yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> okay. in the bulletin. Read the bulletin. And it's right. the, you know. When you're, you know, simple things like sitting down and eating like at a, we have a Wednesday night meal mm-hmm. Um, and I rarely finish the whole meal because it's, hey, I hate to bother you while you're eating, but, and then they're going to tell me something that they've already told me the week before. And, and I love the, hey, but it's like, right. I, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to do it because I really just care about me right now. So <laughs> right. yeah, exactly.
1: And and you know that's the deal where we're talking you and I are talking on a podcast that mostly are going to be listened to by almost you know ninety nine percent of us are some sort of leaders in an established church, so this is the environment in which I would say this is okay and it's actually you know uh encouraging beneficial, therapeutic, those sort of things this isn't this is not a bad way to do this but but hey, but. There yeah. are times, <laughs> there are times where this maybe gets a little bit too much, and uh, that's what my tweet was geared toward. And I'll I, I'll yeah. even tell you the back end of that tweet. I'm in a pastors only Facebook group, and uh, it's a specific uh, regional pastors only Facebook group. And in that group, there is an individual who daily, sometimes twice a day, post one of these sarcastic. Um, it's usually a re repost. He got it from somebody else. Um, just kind of griping about the pastorate, and yeah. and it's over and over and over and and there. I think that there gets to an unhealthy level where you're not recognizing the immense blessing it is.
0: Oh man, yeah. And you want to ask, yeah, wh- why are you doing it? Like yeah. if it's. And and then it's the well, you know, I'm called to it, and I go, I, I just don't see that anywhere in the Bible. Like, there's obviously frustrations. There's obviously people are difficult. Like the entire Old Testament is with the children of Israel is basically like, hey, your congregation is going to be difficult. <laughs> like it's it is That's, just frustration yeah, after yeah, frustration for you. for leadership. Yeah, they're going to love you one day, hate you the next day. This food's great. We hate this food. You know, like it's. It's going to be that over and over, but there's also, there's never this, well, I've got to drag my body back into leading, you know, there's this joy and I can't believe God's called me to do this. And while there are certainly frustrations and we're human and we battle our flesh just like any other human being does, we have to constantly, I have to crucify my flesh every day or I end up as the complaining guy in the Facebook group.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what I've noticed is a lot of these, the the ones that I've noticed that are that tend to be overly negative about the about the task that we have, the privilege that we have, are they're full time people. They have some benefits. They're a, a moderate sized church. Yeah, um, it's probably plateaued though. Um, they're struggling. There's some things along those lines, and their frustration is not so much with the church. Their frustration is just with success or some sort of comparison. Whereas I know a Bunch of bivocational um, leaders that you know work a full time job and then they they pour their extra into the church and they're investing and those guys are some of the most positive you know you know hardworking sort of people that I know. Yeah. It's not hard and fast rules. I'm just saying that you know look around and stop complaining because you're actually in a pretty decent spot.
0: Yeah, like don't like step back and, and see what you've been tasked and called to do and when you truly understand how undeserving you are of it, it changes the way you look at it. And I think where the social media thing plays into it is there's only two kinds of things anymore that a pastor seems like allowed to post on Sunday. And so you're either allowed to put like, we've never had a Sunday like this Sunday. This was the greatest Sunday. If you missed it, like, yeah, we baptized 8,000 people. There were 500 in attendance. And like, it's just this over the top or... If you don't have that to post, it's, well, you don't know how hard it is over here at my church because I'm dealing with X, Y, and Z. Sure. Because you never just see a post that's like, I think it would be, I, I love that certain guys had these posts like HB Charles, for example, like where he posts every morning, like, good morning, Lord be with you. And it's just Mm -hmm. like this very, like, oh, that's nice. I I thought it would be hilarious (laughs) if somebody would take up the task of being like, we had a regular Sunday, guys. See you next week. It's a regular Sunday. And I loved it. Yeah. Like we had, we had a normal Sunday. It was great. You know, had a few hiccups, had some problems. Somebody didn't mute a mic at one time. You know, a couple people responded. It was just normal, but there's no place for normal. You've got to be on one extreme or the other. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the other side of it is when I'm reading those sort of things, I think we've collected a bag of cliches that we just throw out. So for instance, I was talking to a person on staff at a church and when you add up their work week, so just the office hours, Monday through whatever, or, you know, some churches are off on Monday, some are off Friday. So you add that up. Then you add up a regular Sunday and you add up a regular Wednesday, it came up to be thirty-two hours. And I said I said, Well see, like, you know, it's thirty-two hours. I wouldn't complain too much about that because you're paid a full-time salary with benefits and mm-hmm. you on average work thirty-two hours. And his response to me was, Yeah, but that doesn't ever count the, you know, the hospital visits and the late nights praying with somebody who just lost their Um, child and and went through this list of cliches. And I said, okay, dude, honestly, right now, I'm pulling out a piece of paper. You pull out your phone. Let's add up how many of those happened this last week or this last year or this last month. How many actually, actually happened? Not cliches, but it actually happened.
0: You have a name and and a face. Yeah.
1: We couldn't name one, not one in a total year. And I said, then stop saying that. Like, just stop saying that. And furthermore, um, those guys that I was watching the football game with on Saturday, one of them, he all of a sudden answers his phone. He's like, hey, yeah, how's the finger? Yeah, I don't think it's really broke there. Okay, hold on. I'll be right there. Are you at this hospital? And yeah, okay, I'll be right there. And he got up, went to the hospital, fixed a finger, I guess. I mean, I'm just taking context Yeah, Um, (laughs) Fixed a finger and then came back. And, you know, he just – we're not the only ones. Who get yeah. called into work. at other As if,
0: times. you know, the, the guy in your church that runs an HVAC company and somebody's air goes out in the middle of the night, like he's going. Like th- yeah. this is people have jobs and, and emergencies and families have emergencies. And to act like we're the only ones who are dealing with those sort of impromptu situations um, is pretty naive.
1: You're right. And I think it can be incredibly insulting when you post that online and they see it. They're um, like, oh, well, I mean. So you're acting as though unless we do that, then this it doesn't matter, especially yeah. when, when you guilt trip them into not working another three hours, volunteering another three hours at the church that week.
0: Yeah, it's something I'm pretty sensitive to, and I learned it from my dad. And that was one of the real benefits of the, the situation that I've been in is – there's a lot of stuff that as a, as a young, younger staff member and pastor that I would feel. And, you know, I would have some of these moments of kind of what was me. And then my, my dad would sit me down and like, and especially with social media, my dad was kind of just getting on Twitter and he'd see something maybe that I tweeted. And it was like, you know, it's been one of those weeks, like folks, just remember your pastors in prayer because we're dealing with all of this stuff. And he sat me down and he was like, Hey, Hey man, listen, we're, we're, our church is very generous to us and, and taking mm-hmm. care of us. We've got health insurance. Uh, we've got all of this incredible opportunity within ministry life that gets you know the opportunity to travel and do some things that that people would love to have the opportunity to do the things we do. Um, and you've got folks in this church that are working their job full time, breaking their back, giving faithfully their tithes and their offerings, um, volunteering on Wednesday and Sunday and giving their time. And it's just not right to get up in front of those people and to whine about a you know, it's like, you're just, yeah. you've lost complete sight. It's this, and this is where I think in, you know, as the conversation steers this way, pastors too often have separated themselves out from and set themselves above their congregation mm. that I am sort of, you know, I am in this and, and it truly is it. I believe in a supernatural calling to pastor. I'm, I'm one of those guys that I believe there's, you know, that God calls people to preach and yeah. into the ministry. Right. I believe that there's a high level of accountability and responsibility. But at the end of the day, we're a part of this church as well. Um, we're we're co-laborers. I'm not a king that's lording over people to be served. Um, we're servants of the king, you know, to put a turn of phrase on that. And when we separate ourselves out from them and set ourselves above them, that's when sort of these very narrow, self-focused, complaining. Um, I, I see those two things go hand in hand. The complaining guy with the guy who's propped himself up as sort of the Lord and leader of the church.
1: You're right, man, and that's the same way that I'm seeing it as well. These people who uh, they're not they're not serving. You can go on um, a Sunday after a meal or something like that. You can see them; and they're kind of standing back there while everybody else is picking up chairs or cleaning up trash and things like that. And there's been a number of times in a no, in a bunch of settings where I've been doing something along those lines, taking out a trash bag or something, and somebody will say, "Oh, you don't need to do that. You're the pastor," and I always tell them, "Say like that's." There's no difference. Like, well, that's the exactly the
0: reason I should be doing it yeah. is because I'm the pastor. And it's right. it's so funny because people go, oh, you know, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And you like a guy will get up and preach that. And like, and here we see Jesus washing disciples' feet and then turn around and go to the supper, you know, on the <laughs> dinner on the ground right after the service and be like, I'm not taking that trash out. Like, what yeah. are you talking? <laughs> it's like, how tone deaf can you be? I was at a church
1: once. Um, I, I just had started this church and... There was a meal being planned, and I was told that there was a table set up for Jackie and I. Uh, like that's the pastor's table, and I was like, "That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's what that is. There's no, there's no set aside pastor's table." And so, one of the things I've always told our staff is, "You're last to eat. Uh, go through. Make sure your family. I always say, go with your family. Go through there, and uh, maybe you'll grab a a piece of chicken." You know, and shove that yeah. in your mouth, but then go socialize. This is this is part work, y'all. You're, yeah, you're, you're on the clock right now,
0: and there's clearly balance here. Like it's sure. it, if if you're got something and you need your you know your folks got to be close to the stage and you want to make sure they get a seat so that they can be a part of the thing because they're actually serving during the eating and the prep time like right. put a little reserve sign on it because but like if you have the bride and groom table set up that's got special decorations and only two seats because this is where you know the yeah. pastor and the first lady are coming that's a problem and so and it's folks like folks
1: are bringing me food I'm like what are you doing no, no I can go through that line just like
0: you guys. absolutely that's, that's yeah and it's just be 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 reasonable be normal again we keep coming back to this word it's like don't do weird stuff like just be a normal human
1: yeah so again you know we don't want to sit here and act as though the pastorate. obviously both you and i and we acknowledge this uh both you and i in the positions that we serve in we are beyond blessed and yeah we have blessings that are probably are definitely something we do not deserve um and we happen to be in one of those churches that provides both of us salaries. All that. I get that. And, and we're there with you. We're, we're saying that. And I'm also acknowledging that a great number of ministers and pastors don't serve um, in settings in which they can be afforded those luxuries. Get yeah. It? I acknowledge it. I still don't. And I say this with as much uh, uh, genuine compassion as I can. Still don't think you have a reason to complain. I think that uh, – we are all blessed, and um, if you get to lead, if 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 Christ has seen it, um, you worthy to shepherd a flock of His people, then count that a blessing, and that alone is is worthy of the calling. So I just wouldn't complain a whole lot about it.
0: Yeah, and and I think when those kind of complaints go out, I'm going like your people are reading this, um, other people in the community are reading this. Is is this what you want to put before them. Like you guys are a burden to me. And I think that that creates a disconnect very quickly between the pastor and congregation. That's and I true. think this is why guys are jumping like, like my dad being at a church for 28 years, that's an anomaly. Because you look around and it's got two years here, three years there, two years there. And there. And listen, there's obviously when you're young in ministry and as opportunities come. But this idea of planning roots and being in a place, some of these guys that are going through and they're like, oh, these churches are just meat grinders. And I'm like, well, at some point, if it's 10 churches in a row, there's only one common denominator at this yeah. point. And it's you. And so when the new wears off, the normal Sunday start, everything's not a big event. And then the complaining starts, people start to go. Gosh, man, what's this guy's deal? We're, you know, we're doing the best we can. Mm -hmm. And I heard a guy say once, and and I really believe it, that there's this disconnect. Like pastors are shepherds, and shepherds lead, and they lead by serving their their sheep. Like that's literally what a shepherd does. He does everything for the sheep because they practically, you know, it's like I'm going to do this alongside you, with you. I'm (laughs) I'm in it. But a lot of pastors have this like I get behind you and I drive you like cattle. Like you're here to serve me. I'm gonna right. get you to where I want you to go, whether you want to get there or not, and we're gonna do it my way and we're not walking side by side. Um, and that just gets old quick, and then you're gonna find yourself looking for a new place. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, don't it, it seems so silly. You you lead sheep and sheep bite, and it seems silly to complain about something that is obvious. Of course, they bite. So Uh,
0: Just relax a little bit. Yeah. And and we do, too. That's what's so funny. So some of these complaints, like the same complaints that that guy has about his church, he's that they're oh they're gripping about this will be the same guy that's like wearing out his, you know, server at the Mexican food restaurant because something wasn't just so. And it's like you like there it's like you've got to understand, you know, what are you in this for? Are you in it to be served? Are you in it? you know, for your own glorification and mm-hmm. celebration? Or have you really been called to serve Christ church? And so, thats it's like a reality check moment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, what are some of the ways um, we can... What do you think? I think I have an idea. So, how do we do this appropriately? Because I do think it's therapeutic. Obviously, Um, Retweeting or liking anonymous accounts is awesome. That is a sort of a lighthearted way to do it. Obviously, if you're not following Wrestling Faster, you
0: should um, to all of our listeners. What's another uh, kind of concept here? I think conversations like the one we're having, having those on a consistent basis with it. This is why... You'll also find that these guys who are complaining aren't connected to any other pastors in their community. Mm. Um, that I, I think having a network of pastors that you that you trust and that you're, you know, of like mind, you know, like goals about the gospel. And it doesn't have to be every week. It doesn't have to be every other week, but occasionally sitting down with someone else. Um, and it's not commiserating, but it's it's sort of an understanding and accountability. Hey, am I crazy for thinking this? Hey, man, this was frustrating. And having those conversations to talk those things out because sometimes you're going to have somebody go, hey, man, that's super frustrating. I get it. And then if they love you and they really have your trust, they'll go, hey, you're being kind of petty and you need to get over it. Yes. Um, and having that kind of check in your life is good. So whether that's a friend who's in another state that you're calling every once in a while when you're driving in the car or, you know, she, Text back and forth, but I think those conversations, and then having some folks that you trust, um, even within the church, you know, that deacons that you trust, laity that you trust, that you can have coffee with every once in a while and go, Hey, I'm sensing a couple of these things in the church. Um, it, it, is it just something that I'm seeing? It, you know, it, it, do I have a blind spot? I, I want to see, you know. Can you help me see from the pew side of this what I'm seeing from the pulpit side? And that kind of accountability in those conversations go a long way to build trust between pastor and and congregation, but also to just keep yourself in check.
1: Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. One of the ways that I don't get to um, uh, the complaining level as much personally, because It's something I don't like myself. It's an ugly part of me, you know? And so it's something that I really try to check a lot. I'm not saying that I don't ever complain. I do. Um, But one of the convictions I have is trying to figure out what's underneath it and realizing a lot of times that most complaints have nothing to do with what the complaint is, right? And so you're just kind of like, why are they actually frustrated? Why are they actually complaining? And one of the ways that I've always found is leaning on the staff of a church or the leaders of a church that have been there longer than me and saying, okay, this is what they're saying. Why are they saying that? This is so ridiculous. And sometimes people will say, well, because, you know, like six years ago, this happened or something
0: and I wasn't here, you know? And so I'm like, oh, okay, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. That makes it, sense. Uh, you know. Or sometimes you're just not aware. You can have a situation where you're talking to somebody and go, hey, so-and-so, man, they hit me with a drive-by. You know, I'm shaking hands after the service and they came by and... They reamed me out for this thing and 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 it really upset me. And then they go, yeah, you know, I don't know if you heard, but so-and-so is dealing with X, Y, and Z. This happened to their family. They've had this at their job. You know, there, there's something going on and you go, oh, well, so it wasn't about me. It wasn't about Mm-mm. there were these other extenuating circumstances that contributed to that. But if you're not having those conversations and if one of the best things you can do when it comes to, to ministry life too, is just give the benefit of the doubt to sure. go you know to if you take everything personally you are not going to last you're you're going to burn out so quick when the the vast majority of those complaints those kind of situations they're just not personal
1: yeah yeah and you know fixing the things you're complaining about i always joke about it. when when pastors uh, uh kind of will message me or they're complaining about something the reality is this uh, my my mentor used to say this look most of what you complain about you can't do anything about and then the other part Just change or stop complaining about it, Um, which was always real helpful to me. If I can't do anything about it, don't complain about it. If I can, then change it. I always joke with uh, people who call, they'll say, oh, this is going on in my church. And I'm I'm always like, oh, man, if only we knew a guy who was responsible for changing things at that church. If only we (laughs) knew somebody that had the position of fixing this problem. Yeah, well, you know, and I'm like, no, man. There's a lot of the stuff that we complain about that's really just your own fault. That's your own dumb. You you could step up and say, hey, uh, don't talk to me that way. That's that's not kind. Um, or just con- have a conversation where we're like, we're not doing this. Or or stop this program. It's it's in your court. You're the, you're the leader. Yeah. You're the pastor. So stop complaining about it and change it. Or don't change it and enjoy
0: it or something like that. You know? Yeah. And I Switch think a little sh- bit. Humility goes a long way because I think a lot of times we we see ourselves as infallible. um, That like if you're complaining about this church, you're clearly wrong because I'm doing everything right. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's I have a great quick story about that. We had a situation where a lady, her husband um, was a deacon, real faithful member of our church. He passed away, and uh, she, you know, she had some frustrations about a few things in the church, so she came in to talk to my mom, um, who's you know you know the lead pastor's wife, and and so she was just kind of railing on some of these things and she's like, and this is going on and I don't like the way this is happening. And, and she's obviously, she's lost her husband. She's frustrated. She's grieving. Um, but then she's sort of in the midst of that. She goes in this church, we're not doing enough to reach and minister widows and minister to widows. And, and so that kind of pinged my mom's mind. And instead of getting defensive when the whole meeting was over, it's like, how did it go? And she said, you know, um, she said it was good. She had some, you know, some complaints and some things, but she goes. But she said one thing that I think is true. She she brought up about what we're doing for widows, and you know, I think she's right. I think we could be doing more. And out of that, frustrated some complaints and other things, birthed this really beautiful ministry that our ladies' ministry does for widows that meets on a quarterly basis and has become a great ministry to our community that we would have totally missed if in the moment we were just like, oh, you know, all these complaints, she's so ungrateful, all that we've Mm -hmm. done for her and her family. And it would have been easy to brush that off. But just a little humility in the moment goes, hey, there's a nugget of truth in here. And we need to mine that out because that's a problem. It's something that we've missed. Right. So we're going to need
1: to cut off the show right now, or people are going to complain about it going over thirty minutes. And uh, you know how much we enjoy complaining. So
0: absolutely, uh, email just, Josh. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> email Sam. He's not on the show. Email Sam. So right now, apparently, Twitter's blowing up because Sam uh, misquoted Micah. So that's kind of fun. So, anyways, uh, thanks so much for being on the show, Josh. How can other people connect to you besides Wrestling Pastor? How can they connect to you?
0: Uh, the easiest uh, way is to just follow my, my, what you would call my regular Twitter, which is regular just Josh, Josh. Yeah. Josh. Josh Revis at Josh Revis. And uh, I was an early adopter, so I got my name. And uh, so I'm pretty easy to find there.
1: Yeah. And it's not spelled the way we would think with Revis, right?
0: Yeah. It's, well, I tell people it's like you read a book or you read a book. So it's past tense. So it's okay. R E A V I S. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
1: perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah. past tense, Ravis.
1: So very good. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, and thanks for listening. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to keep the conversation going on Twitter at EST Church. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next week. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. EST is proud to be a part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network.